and welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I am your host, Pat, and joining me this episode, we have a very special guest. I have Todd from Brandywine Coffee Roasters. How's it going, Todd? Going well. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate your time. We, uh, if, if listeners aren't familiar with Brandywine, they're a fantastic coffee roaster. Uh, we've done a bunch of collaborations with them uh, over the last few years. And, uh, and and Todd, you are their creative director, correct? That's right. Cool, cool. Yeah, so you do a bunch of the really amazing artwork that's all over <laughs> the bags. I think that was one of the first like super, super eye-catching things for us when we were first looking at uh, at adding Brandywine to the uh, Seattle Coffee Gear lineup. And um, you've done a bunch of cool projects with us over time. Yeah, they've been super fun. Thanks so much. That uh, is very kind of you. And uh, yeah, I'm super lucky. I just get to draw silly pictures for coffee bags and drink a lot of coffee and talk to nice folks like you. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get to my job is mostly doing a lot of this stuff and videos and, and things like that. So so it's it's a lot of fun to be on the creative side of uh, of, of coffee in general. Um, well, uh, we are going to get into some stuff about Brandywine, some stuff about, uh, your work specifically. Uh, but before we do that, is there anything recently that you have had, whether it's a Brandywine or a different roaster, uh, coffee or gears or anything that has been uh exciting you recently yeah totally i mean uh at brandywine we're constantly having new coffees that are pretty exciting especially this time of year we got uh so many i too many to list right now i think the ones i'm mainly excited for are these uh different slash uh rare varietals we've set aside for our spooky coffee club coming up in the month so we have mm. some uh, low caffeine varietals some really just kind of um amazing examples of traditional varietals and then just some weird ones that are very kind of uh, uh not heard of too much out there so those have been probably what i've been most excited about coffee wise um and as far as gear goes we have this is uh not home brewing gear or anything, but we recently (laughs) we're uh, moving our roastery right now. So we are currently in the back of a local cafe and we roast out of the back of there and uh, we've outgrown the space by a couple times at this point. So we're moving into a full warehouse of our own space. So we've got to buy a bunch of new equipment for the tasting lab. And one of the things, nice. Yeah. It's been real fun to play around with a bunch of new toys. And we just got the uh, Cyclops from the ground control people with the giant crazy looking brewer that uh definitely makes some amazing coffee like i have had a few customers that we've worked with that have had them and have heard them rave about them for a while but haven't got to taste the coffee until recently so we just got that set up in our new lab and i'm real excited for it yeah that it is a really wild looking i haven't had (laughs) coffee from it before but it is a really wild looking brewer. I um, just love how violent it looks when it throws yes. the coffee up into that little dome. It just looks like mad yes. sciencey and very absolutely. Yeah, yeah just that it's, alone is fun. <laughs> it's a great example of like the 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 it makes. I'm sure, like I, said, I haven't had. It, I'm sure it makes really great coffee too. But it's also kind of worth it for just the like spectacle of it. A hundred people that just want to see it work. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Hundred percent. I've had a lot of uh, or I had a lot of experiences with things that look really cool but don't produce the best cup of coffee, but are still like super fun for the experience and just to look at it brewing. But this is definitely the opposite side where it looks really cool and produces it's made better coffee than we've made ourselves out of all of our coffees pretty much. Like it does a better job than, uh, than anything we've had before. It's kind of given us a whole new picture of a lot of the coffees in our lineup. 
which is that's really cool yeah super exciting well we are uh at seattle coffee gear i um have had uh at least the black honey the costa rica that you guys did recently i think that's the most recent brand new wine that i've had i'm excited for uh the uh the the spooky series mm-hmm. um those are always good uh but um then we also have this week we're launching another one of our roaster collaborations with tony's cool which is we put together a, a blend we're calling crew brew with them um just to kind of expand like people responded so well to the roast that we did with you guys mm-hmm. that we were kind of like well what if we started trying to work with like a bunch of the roasters that to make exclusive roasts um, because it's so frequently you'll see like, oh, this company or this bands are doing it now or whoever will do like, oh, this is our roast. Mm-hmm. And it obviously <laughs> the guitarist is not roasting yes. the coffee themselves, but you have to kind of hunt on the bag to find out who actually roasted it. So we kind of wanted to take a different approach and say like, no, no, no. What if we said this is a Tony's coffee, but also put Seattle coffee gear on the bag and say that we collaborated. So, um, I love it. We're we're really excited about that uh, crew blend that comes out this week and has been in the works for a while, uh, and then um, we've got upcoming stuff from you guys like that uh, Costa Rica Black Honey that I think is coming in in a week or so. Yeah, that um, that coffee is a yearly favorite of the whole crew. We've been yeah. buying that for the six years we've been roasting coffee, and from the get go, it's just always got that real crisp sweet sweetness. When um, I can't speak fully to the coffee sourcing side of things, but that sweetness and that deep crisp sweetness is what we look for. Uh, for the most part in all of our offerings uh, all the fun flavors and everything is always exciting and good but we really want yeah. it to be like a base of sweet and yumminess <laughs> yeah that roast is really good every year and i always look forward to it so i was excited to see it come back um because you know it's always like a little bit of like oh is it gonna are we gonna get another year of it, totally. or, is it or not so yeah i'm excited about that one well um that is really cool um i was hoping that uh with, with some of the that regular gear and coffee talk out of the way, we could I could get a little bit from you on um, where Brandywine came from, where, yeah. where you guys started. So, I know some of the story, but <laughs> it's probably more interesting coming from you than it is from me. Totally. So, uh, yeah, we've been around for about six years now, and the owner who started Brandywine, Elisa Morkaitis, she's owned coffee shops in Delaware since the early 90s under the Brouhaha title, um, and she's always been interested in taking the roasting in-house and finally made that jump about six years ago. She found the right space, found the right crew. Um, she is one of the uh, one of the best parts about working with Elisa is she's really good at knowing where to hire and where to uh, trust others' expertise. So she found our head of coffee, Vic uh, Scutari, who's been working with us the whole time. He had about 10 to 12 years of roasting experience at that point, and he was installing Loring's, which is uh, what we purchased when we started as a company. So we really clicked and uh, hired him to run our coffee program. So she pretty much found the right crew and said, all right, this is the time, and uh, built out the space, and we've been roasting. Uh, we started roasting just for the Brujas in Delaware, and then pretty shortly expanded to offering stuff on our website, and then starting to try and get some wholesale accounts outside of the area and uh we're kind of just blown away by how fast it grew uh so that's the nutshell of how it all started um my involvement came from uh i was real lucky my 
partner and my wife now, but my partner at the time was working with Elisa in the administration uh, or the administrative offices of Bruja, and she was kind of on the ground floor of starting Brandywine with Elisa, and I was working freelance as a full-time screen printer and illustrator, so I kind of pitched the idea of doing individual images and illustrations for each coffee. So once I started really looking at specialty coffee and really getting into it with uh, Allie, I started noticing that every coffee is just completely different. Like it's real interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first things that popped out. So I was like, it'd be great if the packaging kind of represented that. Not necessarily represented what the coffee tastes like, but just represented how unique each coffee lot is. So that was idea kind of pitched to her doing a gig post for each coffee and silk screening all the bags by hand in house and uh luckily they were weighed down and it kind of went over way better than we thought it would and it's uh, turned out to be uh, super super fun and it's been really cool to see it grow and expand and i'm uh excited for this like i said we're moving into a new facility which should give us even more bandwidth to do more cool projects and more fun things so real excited for that side of the company in the next couple of years yeah that's awesome that's a really great overview um and i know that you know like i said before the the art was one of the things that definitely at least caught my eye and caught I think a lot of our eyes because um it's really unique and um it's such a cool you have such a consistent style but also there's always surprises it seems like with every new bag <laughs> like and and I it's it's been cool to watch it evolve over the last couple of years too um because you can definitely see the like the, the there's you can see that you're trying new things with a bunch of uh the roast this year which was which is really uh cool to see um so totally when it comes to you like you pointed out the art doesn't always necessarily reflect like the flavor of the coffee um but somehow it seems to always kind of get to the right vibe with the coffee <laughs> um even totally. though it's, it's maybe not like um i'm trying to pull up like this uh costa rica naranjo washed you have like it's kind of like an alien octopus <laughs> three eyes and like i don't know how mm -hmm. i would translate this to honeysuckle brown sugar brownies cantaloupe <laughs> and sweet tea but somehow it works um so is there any sort of process or like um way you find inspiration for matching cool <laughs> concepts like that to specific coffees uh sort of and sort of not to be honest sure. with you uh so like you said i've it's kind of uh, evolved over the years and one of the cool things that you can see if you look back at the early brandy wine releases is that i started getting more comfortable with the fact that these don't have to be like coffee related mm -hmm. or they don't have to be you know they can just be fun and i really wanted to lean into the idea of each each bag just kind of uh being a little bit of <clears throat> whimsy for your day like uh, i picture mm -hmm. like drinking coffee being something that people do very routinely a lot of the times and sometimes i feel like if you just pick up the bag and there's a silly octopus on it it makes you stop and laugh instead of just like brewing your coffee and going about your day so i kind of think about sure. it from that way more than anything else and uh the i definitely drink all the coffees before the, one of the best parts is that i get to try all the coffees we bring in so usually about twice a month i'll get together with vic and tara who run our coffee program and we'll try all the coffees and i'll make notes 
notes and everything, but I usually don't be like, okay, I drank this one octopus. I drank this one, you know, I, sure, I, I sure. kind of, I, I usually drink the coffees. And then what I normally do is I have stacks and stacks of notebook of sketchbooks that I work in constantly. And I'll just kind of flip through sketches until I find an image that hits me for that coffee, or I'll just start something completely new. And that can range, uh, for a whole bunch of different, uh, or it can come from a whole bunch of different sources of inspiration. Sure. <laughs> I think that uh, my go-to, what I tell people, is that I have a four-year-old uh, son, Teddy, and I say that he's my art director. Pretty much, like <laughs> you can kind of follow what he's into via what sure. my art, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah. Lots of dinosaurs were very popular for a while with me, and uh, I always have tended to lean into the strange things, the aliens, the ghosts, the fun. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. Halloween and all that stuff's my favorite, so I uh, have been incorporating more and more of that into the brandy mind side of things as things go on but yeah in general i drink the coffee and try and match an image that i either have down or just kind of start from scratch and go with what uh feels right <laughs> that's cool yeah i i write all of our coffee skews so i write the pages so i get to taste all of our coffee that we bring in too and it's definitely an interesting obviously writing about it is very different creatively but sometimes when you it's interesting when you sip coffee and it's like, okay, what am I going to say about this coffee? It's not totally. always as easy as, cause I don't like to just say, here are the notes. Um, I like to try to get a little more interesting than that. And it's, it can be a challenge because sometimes trying to match coffee to any kind of creative thing is like, it's very inspirational, but it's also like, uh, can lead to you to weird places, which totally. it's cool that you get to explore that with the art. I think it if I said this coffee makes me think of an alien, people probably would not like that. Yeah, <laughs> no, that definitely. <laughs> That's very true. Visually, it works a little better than the uh, the written there. But it is super interesting to me. And this is one of the things that I love about coffee and these things in general is just the way people perceive flavors is so different from not only just like the physical side of things, but definitely the more like, you know, how's your day going side of things. Like if you had a mm -hmm. bad day and a real rough start, you're going to taste things differently. And absolutely. It just goes back to the fact that like your brain's just reading all these things and like what state your brain's in is as important as like whether you smoke cigarettes or whether you you know what i mm -hmm. mean like and that's the type of stuff where i'm like yeah so this is way more fun and magical than people really let it be and that's kind of in yeah. general the idea behind the brand new wine aesthetic and theme is that we just kind of want to like re-enchant the coffee world and like make it be fun and whimsical and still provide a solid product that's like really responsibly sourced and you know it is checks all the marks that a good specialty coffee roaster should check <laughs> yeah 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 and uh, you know i know you said that you don't um work too much on sourcing so we don't have to get into like the weeds on on sourcing stuff but um do you have any um insight into like how brandywine sources and where you kind of how you kind of pick and choose producers and regions mm -hmm. um because I think that's usually, it's always interesting to me because it's always a little bit different from roaster to roaster. Definitely. So one of the cool things, uh, yeah, like you said, I don't have the most insight. Vic is the guy that really has sure. formed all the relationships and picks the coffees. But uh, from working with him the last six years, a few things that I've picked up that I think are one of the reasons we've clicked and worked so well together is he's very 
his um, opinion and ideas of coffee has changed drastically over the last six years. And he's not a guy that's married to this is the way it is. This is the way it's got to be. So he's constantly picking what he likes and working with producers that he's formed really good relationships with. But he's not like we bought this last year. We're buying it this year. Or we constantly have to have a Honduras. Uh, we have to check all the marks on all the different origins or anything like that. He's much more of a like. I like this coffee and I'm going to present this coffee. But the other side of him that I really love is that he'll also taste coffee and be like, this is not my favorite coffee, but say Tara, who is our um, coffee manager on site, she'll love it and he'll reassess it and be like, okay, what do you like about this? And we might still bring that coffee in, even though that he, it's not the one he's the most thrilled about because he recognizes that his palate is not what everybody's palate is so tara yeah. seeing some things that th he, he doesn't see and it might be because she's less experienced in that side of things but really that lends itself to a more broad audience that coffee could reach absolutely possibly. so we really you know keep in the light bright side of things as far as our roasting goes we definitely try to preserve as much of that natural sweetness and everything and don't do too much in the way of um uh more longer development roasts and darker roasts and things like that but we do have our whole comfy coffee line that we have started to build out that is trying to do that side of coffee really well and uh it's been going really really great and those coffees have got a great response but in general he's from the sourcing side of things we're looking for things that are interesting and fun and he um, the relationships he's grown over the last six years with some of the producers, I think, are kind of um, a heavy dictator of what the season's coffees are going to look like. He really has a lot of trust in the producers to be like, okay, uh, Rodrigo Sanchez from Monte Blanco and um, oh, a couple other farms in Colombia, he has a lot of trust when he's like, we have this new beer fermented coffee that we want to sell you. <laughs> you can't try it, but do you want it? And we'll buy that. Like all <laughs> pretty much all the experimental coffees that we've done with these really funky fruity fermentations and where he's introducing like dehydrated fruit into the fermentation process. We buy a lot of those without tasting them because they don't have enough to send over the, you know, it's a very small procedure. So a lot of it does come down to trust and that relationship with uh, the producers that he's formed and he'd be able to speak to way better than I can. <laughs> For sure. And, uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll maybe we'll try to get him on someday too but definitely. um but uh but i think that's really cool and that's definitely one of the things that always uh strikes me about brandy wine coffee and one of the reasons we always get excited when we get new coffee in to try um is because i mean i also have the benefit of being on the panel that picks coffees <laughs> that we bring in which is extremely fun and i don't know why they let me do it but uh <laughs> the, the the notes are always so such a there's like such a cohesiveness to the coffee itself having being really evocative and interesting and your art working really well. And then, you know, sometimes it's always interesting to me when, um, you choose notes that are like, I'm looking at this, um, La Chiquita, um, Columbia that has notes of like orange juice, mango, water, ice, and orange sweet tea, which is just like really interesting out there stuff. And at first, sometimes we get roasts in and it almost feels like, a gimmick mm -hmm. when there's those off the wall notes, but I never think of it that way with brandy wine because there's also coffees that we get that have stuff that's like, you know, like that Naranjo uh, Costa Rica that is like honeysuckle, brown sugar, brownies, cantaloupe, and sweet tea. Those are like much more standard, um, 
Yeah, yeah. So it never feels like it's trying to be like off the wall just to be off the <laughs> wall. Instead, it's actually like, no, 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 this is actually really an interesting thing that's making you think differently about the coffee than you might if somebody just picked like, I don't know, citrus, floral, totally. whatever. Yeah, no, you just nailed it. The goal, so I don't do too much of the tasting note, um, the actual tasting notes these days. I did some more when we were first uh, starting out and we were a smaller crew. And I kind of set that standard of like making it a little bit more fun. But like, I feel like one of the reasons that we can get away with that a little bit more than some of the other roasters is because like that bag of coffee has a alien orange floating down the river in a barrel for sure so the imagery kind of allows you to expand your imagination a little bit when it comes to the flavors i feel like um yeah but we definitely spend a lot of time getting those tasting notes and that's something that tara and vic uh they go back and forth so they'll books filled of tasting notes are insane when i look at them i'm like wow you guys you go you go hard on this this is awesome (laughs) but yeah yeah that means a lot i really appreciate that i it's so funny because when i was first getting into this and figuring out the design side of things the questions about the tasting notes and like should they go on the front of the bag is the roast level need to go on there all that stuff was like really kind of bothering me because when you look at other coffee companies a lot of that information is right smack dab on the bag and then i realized that like none of that really matters (laughs) like no yeah really like it's all so subjective that it's way more for me about that feeling you get when you hold the bag and when you look at it and be like this is fun and if i can start there then that coffee experience is going to be way better than just like oh this is a cool bag and then like read the tasting notes and get into all the we have all that information on the label on the back but uh yeah it's uh very minimal as far as that goes it on the front and like presenting up top yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of that information is stuff people can, if really big enthusiasts are going to find it and so many, you know, like I used to be more of a darker roast person before I started working at Seattle coffee gear. And the fact that I had to try a bunch of different coffees made me understand that I actually like totally um, the, basically the brandy wine style is like my thing, mm-hmm. like brighter, brighter, lighter roasts. Um, and I think a lot of times people get put off of coffee they might really like because they look too closely at like oh this is this this is this varietal and this roast and maybe they're not willing to try something because too much of that information is so yeah they pick up a bag and it says like sl28 carbonic maceration from a place (laughs) they've never heard of and they're like yeah no thank you and i definitely so being in delaware definitely influences a lot of that um approach to coffee because we're a real small market i mean we're close to you know philly and new york and everything and bigger coffee markets but like it takes a while for that stuff to make it down 95 so like the majority of what we're selling locally is still like a root that really solid medium roast really chocolatey really like uh drinkable no matter how you like your coffee and uh we're real proud of all the stuff we sell locally but it definitely it it's like you said, it takes people experiencing the other side of coffee more than once and more than just being like, 
hey, you should try this because this is how coffee should be, blah, blah, blah. It takes them being like finding it on their own, discovering it. And that's kind of one of the other reasons I kind of leaned into less coffee-centric images because if I can put a light roast coffee in front of somebody that's normally a darker roast drinker, that's just like a fun bag that doesn't say anything about the roast level. They're just like, we really like this kitty cat. We're going to buy this bag of coffee. And then they enjoy yeah. the coffee, then the roast level is not even a thing in it. So I think that it's one of those things that it definitely, uh it deters people for the wrong reason a lot of the times i feel like like you were saying yep yep yeah totally agree um so you also did one of the cool projects we were able to 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 sell and i was in the uh the room uh <laughs> Uh, uh, arguing for it actually at the time I remember, uh, but you did all the art for our crew page for the, the, the people that are at Seattle coffee gear, which is really cool. Totally. That's been a super fun project in a lot of ways because well, First, thank you for uh, pushing for that. That's awesome because it's been... <laughs> we didn't have to push very hard. <laughs> it's been a super fun ongoing project. And like doing portraits and things along those lines is a lot different than what I normally do. And I love being pushed to do things that I am not, you know, accustomed for sure. to. Like I think that's one of the hardest things, whether you're roasting coffee or drawing or writing, is to get out of that comfort zone and to force yourself. And unfortunately, Definitely. without... Um, a financial motivation sometimes it's uh, almost impossible oh, yeah, yeah. so when someone's got a cool project that is going to be you know something a little different but it it makes everything else better like it's really been one of those things that has pushed my art in general so it's been super fun to work with i just did a new round a couple weeks ago and it was it's fun because i get the email and i'm like okay 20 portraits here we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh and um they always come out really cool and people can go look at our uh our crew page for you just go to seattlecoffeegear.com and then find our about us and our crew and see all of that artwork um and you it's is there anything in particular you do because it is a lot different than the uh than the brandy wine bags of course because it's you know portraits <laughs> instead of uh of of cool weird animals and stuff <laughs> is there anything in particular you do to get inspiration for those that is different than when you're with your other work yeah so a lot of the times with the portrait work um i will essentially take a little bit more time on the rough side of things like on the pencil sketches and the draw sitting with the skit the roughs is what i call it so for my normal mm -hmm. stuff i'll kind of dive right into inks and especially now i use uh procreate and digital forms of uh, finished artwork so that makes it way easier to have not as tight roughs to start with and still come out with something really nice but for portraits mm -hmm. and stuff i find just sitting with the pencil drawings for a while really helps because it's a whole like reading something or reading something that uh, is really dear to somebody like, you know, the different types of images that go along with the portraits. It's one of those <laughs> things that I really like to kind of like figure out how to incorporate. And it's a little bit different than my normal thing because I'm, you know. I'm used to drawing the same couple things over and over again, to be honest with you. I just kind of mix and match yeah, a lot of the time. Sure. So this time when I'm doing the portraits, it'll be like, okay, now draw a fish in a fishbowl. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. Definitely takes a little bit longer on the beginning stages. I'd say is the main difference. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to see the way that the different 
um, you know, we list like stuff we're into and, um, you've usually got it incorporated into the artwork in one way or another, which is uh, really fun. We have a couple, I won't, I won't name people can go look at our career page. I won't name a bunch of people, but some of them, like, I remember I was scrolling and there's like one person who's on a, an ATV that was like, I saw that one and I was like, oh man, that is <laughs> cool and really different. So it's cool to see even those kind of evolve a little bit over time yeah. with the way that you're, you're kind of capturing the, the different, the different, uh, things sometimes i i since i got into some some different hobbies still do all the stuff that i list there so it's fine but i've got a couple of different hobbies so there's been a few times when i've wanted to like try to push to get to get a new one for myself you just slip yourself in the next <laughs> just round see. just uh yeah just put it on in there i'll draw it <laughs> that's awesome um well uh I, I'm, I'm gonna let you go soon but before i do um i did want to ask if whether it's artwork uh or or the coffee itself do you have any kind of favorites from the past doesn't have to be they can all be tied for favorite of course <laughs> but any any particular artwork or coffees that you that that brandywine has done that you're particularly proud of um or 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 remember fondly totally uh so there's a bajillion coffees that i remember really fondly obviously for sure um but one of the ones that's like super special to me i feel like it was a really recent one and it was the first lot of that mandarin uh processed coffee that we were just talking about from la chaguita mm -hmm. so um as a one of the things I should have mentioned when we were talking about sourcing and our coffee lineup in general, as a coffee program, we really like to highlight naturals and we really like to highlight like funkier, weirder coffees. Because one, we mm -hmm. love those coffees, and two, they are kind of the eye opener coffees that really do transition people. So if I can open a green bag of coffee for somebody just walking through the cafe and be like, "Doesn't that smell like orange juice?" They'll be like, "Whoa." that's coffee and that type of oh, thing yeah. is just kind of uh really special to us so that first lot of the la chaquita mandarin washed process was really special because it was the first time we had something that was that different and literally was uh that lot was no one's favorite lot from la chaquita because they've gotten way better as they've refined the processes but it was just that first time in like five years that we were all kind of had our minds blown to be like oh yeah coffee can be anything it doesn't have to be just one thing and if it means introducing dehydrated mandarins into the uh, fermentation process then that's what it means and is so that coffee is really special to me and it opened up doors for us um, working with other producers doing similar things and we actually did a whole experimental coffee club this summer that had a pineapple process a say a uh, spice process a uh well citric process whole bunch of different fruits mm -hmm. and uh yeah those coffees are they represent something really cool to me that just shows how um how much coffee is not just like a craft but it's also an imaginative creative process like these producers are putting as much into the um dreaming of the future of coffee as they are into the producing and the actual agriculture which is really cool um so that's probably my favorite as far as coffee side of things art wise I think uh, the doing the first spooky club last year was probably the thing that sticks out to me the most. We've always done ha sure. we've always done Halloween releases, and the year before we did 
four or five Halloween releases. So we dropped one Halloween release each week. And a lot of people were like, hey, we want to just sign up and get them all. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So we started the Spooky <laughs> Club where we uh, added in so you get all of our Halloween releases, which is five different Halloween releases. And then you also get uh, – exclusive swag and different things like this year we're doing uh four color screen print sweatpants that i'm really excited about uh we're doing some really nice full color mugs and a few other really cool surprises but we're also this year doing it a little differently where um you there's two price tiers so you can sign up for just the coffee and have it be a little bit more budget friendly or you can sign up for the full club experience where you get all the extras and all the goodies because that was the other piece of feedback we got where people it was out of people's price range a little bit and we try to keep accessibility in mind and sometimes it's harder with some of these more elaborate projects that just take more from not only like a creative and marketing side but the production side of these things are a lot heavier so uh it definitely we're trying to to find ways to balance it to make sure that people can have access to these fun fun programs and uh we still can execute them to the quality that we want um but yeah the spooky club in general has definitely been my favorite uh, artistic project to execute and this year is going to be something real special I can't wait for people to see it awesome yeah I, I can't wait to see it myself that's really cool uh, and I am always uh, uh, I always await excitedly <laughs> for <laughs> spooky club coffees and 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 everything that that uh, comes that's with them. awesome um, uh, the one thing the last thing I have to ask because I ask this every time I talk to anybody who's at a roaster so I have to ask what your favorite way to drink coffee is. Just straight pour over, clean a wave. That's what I do every morning. Twenty grams to three hundred grams of three hundred grams of water, and uh, pretty much use that exact recipe for every time I brew coffee, nice. unless I'm purposefully ex- experimenting with trying to trying to pull different flavors out and stuff. But I do a lot less a lot less that side of the th- stuff now that we have a bigger crew. That's like you mentioned, we've been doing a lot more fun projects these last couple of years and that's because I've gotten out of the other side of the things I was doing. Awesome. Well, uh I hate to cut the conversation short, but uh I know that you have uh, a lot to attend to uh <laughs> with the kids and everything. Um so I wanted to thank you again for joining me for this uh, episode and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Seattle Coffee Gear podcast. If you have a question you'd like to hear read on a future episode of the podcast, please feel free to drop us a line to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know in a review on your podcast platform of choice and tell a friend, let them know that they enjoyed it as well. Um, And then for all of your coffee needs, make sure you check out seattlecoffeegear.com and head over to our blog and YouTube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee. We will see you next episode.